Hi, this is Bill Woods up here in Sun Valley, Arizona, and uh, I want to hope that you have a real good Memorial Day and that you remember what it's all about. I want to talk today about can America return to God. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, I'm reading from the New King James Version as we go through this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Nothing happened today. That was Britain's King George III, and he wrote the day's activities in his diary on July 4, 1776, saying, Nothing happened today. Nothing happened? America was born that day, King George. Her birth marked an epoch in history for the cause of human freedom. For nearly 245 years, and it'll be 245 years on July 4th, we've celebrated our independence, our right to do as we please, and governing our own lives. What a wonderful country we live in, despite all its falls and fa uh, faults and failures. What wonderful freedoms the citizens of the United States have enjoyed and taken for granted. One of these freedoms is the freedom of religion. We've been able to believe or worship anybody or anything we want. No one has told us differently until a year ago when the government shut down the churches because of COVID-19. Thousands of people in our armed forces have paid the supreme sacrifice of dying to provide and maintain our freedoms that we just seem to take for granted. Originally, Memorial Day was a day set aside to remember the heavy price that's been paid in blood and sacrifice for our freedoms. What a shame that it's been, for the most part, turned into a day of picnics, sports, contests, and frivolous activities. Times in the parks, times down at the lakes. I don't resent that, but we need to stop and realize what Memorial Day is really all about. Many thousands of Christians around the world have died for trying to worship God, and we've just taken this right for granted each and every year. Yet in America, a country established for that very right, many won't give God the time of day, much less dedicate their lives to Him. What happened that made millions now celebrate freedom from religion instead of freedom of religion? Many have tried and succeeded to get God kicked out of our schools, our sporting events, our public places, our workplaces, any place that people gather, they don't want to hear about God. It's not the Hindu gods or the Muslims Allah. It's not the philosophy of reincarnation or the new age. It's not homosexuality or condom giving out condoms that they want out. It's Jehovah God. It's Jesus Christ. Spiritualism has taken the place of Christianity. Spiritualism puts self on the throne and religion in general. Christianity is the founding guide for America, and it is under attack today. Way back in April 1994, the Reader's Digest carried an article by former Secretary of Education William Bennett. What really ails America was the question he asked. He said, and again, this is 1994, and we'll, we'll try to update this, but I'm going to read directly what he said. Today, much of society ridicules and mocks those who are serious about their faith. 
America's only respectable form of bigotry is bigotry against religious people. And the only reason for hatred of religion is it forces us to confront matters many would prefer to ignore. To a great extent, our society has gotten what it wanted, a society without God. But what good has it done? Bennett continues, last year I compiled the index of leading cultural indicators, a statistical portrait of American behavioral trends of the past three decades. Among the findings since 1960, while the gross domestic product has nearly tripled, violent crime has increased at least 560%. Divorces have more than doubled. The percentage of children in single-parent homes has tripled, and by the end of the decade, 40% of all American births and 80% of minority births will occur out of wedlock. These are not good things to get used to. He's still talking. The United States leads the world in murder, rape, and violent crime. At the same time, our elementary school students rank at or near the bottom of tests of math and science skills. Since 1960, average SAT scores in our high schools have dropped 75 points. In 1940, teachers identified the top problems in America's schools as talking out of turn, chewing gum, making noise, and running in the hall. In 1990, teachers listed drugs, alcohol, pregnancy, suicide, rape, and assault. These aren't good things to get used to either. We've become desensitized to the cultural rot that is setting in. People have lost their capacity for shock, disgust, and outrage. During the 1992 Los Angeles riots, Damien Williams was filmed crushing an innocent man's skull with a brick while Henry Watson held the victim down. When Williams finished, he did a victory dance. Lawyers for Watson and Williams built a legal defense on the premise that people can't be held accountable for getting caught up in mob violence. One juror told the New York Times, I guess they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. When these men were acquitted on most counts, the cry wasn't outrage, but relief. This isn't a good thing to get used to. What's the answer? And then Bennett concluded, Today we're in a struggle for the country we love. We must push hard against an age that's pushing hard against us. All those, and, and I want to say that's where he stopped. I want to say all those statistics that I cited from the 1994 uh, report, and that was 27 years ago, uh, are not nearly what we see today. Things haven't improved. In fact, they're much worse now. Today we have riots in our major cities as Black Lives Matter protests go on. They take over cities and destroy lives and property. And don't misunderstand. I know that black lives do matter. But so do blue lives and brown lives and white lives. All lives matter and are precious to Jesus. And all lives should be treated with respect. There's a move on to defend the to defund the police and fire departments while crime and violence is running rampant. If that happens, let me say we ain't seen nothing yet. Our free elections have become a mockery. Our money and economy are on the verge of collapse. 
too many people are pushing for a Marxist-style government because they don't understand what will happen if they get their way. Today, there's so much confusion over sexual orientation. Somehow, we've identified 57 different genders. I've heard other numbers, too, but someone wrote, there are many different gender identities, including male, female, transgender, gender neutral, non-binary, a, a gender, a pan-gender, a gender queer, two-spirit, three-gender, third gender and all, none of the combination of these, you know, are all of them. Isn't that stupid? God made two genders, male and female, and people need to stick with the gender they were born with and life will be better. If you don't know your gender, your birth certificate can give you a hint of what they thought you were when you were born. You know, if America would finally have full employment and greater economy growth, and if we have cities of gold and alabaster, but our children haven't learned to walk in goodness, justice, and mercy, then America, no matter how gilded she has become, has failed. Don't surrender. Get mad. Get in the fight. Do something. Take a stand. I don't like the language but the 1976 movie where the actor said, I want you to get up and go to your window, open it, and say, and I'm quoting, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I don't suggest that we use that kind of language, but we did have something, he did have something in what he said. We need to get some righteous indignation and take a stand for Jesus Christ and Christians. I can't imagine how those who died on the battlefield to ensure our freedoms would feel if they could see our nation today. How can we turn our nation back to God? Can it even be done? The answer is yes, if we're willing to pay the price. We can make uh, a difference. Again, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Well, let's look at this promise. He says, if my people which are called by my name, you know, there can't be finger pointing. We can't say, well, it's their fault or his fault. Uh, it's something that we all need to do. Confess the sins of this nation, confess our personal sins and return to God. God is talking to us, his church, his Christians. Judgment always begins at the house of God. He says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You know, it's good to be proud Americans as long as we still bow to God. Prayer is never obsolete. Prayer is never outdated or too late. And, and uh, he says, and if they will turn from their wicked ways, we're notorious for repenting, but not for turning. Look around at what happened after 9-11. Churches and synagogues filled as people were trying to call upon God, but there was no repentance, and it didn't last long. Repentance means to turn from sin. I mean, a 180-degree turnaround. Be sorry for sins and confess, not just because you got caught, 
but have real remorse about how we've hurt God and, and then really confess him to God and quit sinning. Do we love evil too much to turn from it? He says, then I, meaning God, will hear from heaven. God's waiting to hear from us. He's longing for America to return to him. And he says, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. God's forgiveness is available to all who will turn to God. Healing awaits all who turn. Our land will be healed if we turn back to God. Can America return to God? If America wants to, yes. Do we want to? God has blessed our country so abundantly. It's a blessing worth preserving through prayer and devotion to God in spite of those who want to tear our nation down. Unless we serve God, we will live in bondage. We've been so blessed to have freedom, the freedoms that we enjoy, but it isn't guaranteed to always be there. It takes commitment on our part to keep it. There's a cycle that we need to be aware of. First, people go from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from great courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to governmental dependence, and from governmental dependence back to bondage. Where are we today? I think you know the answer. Christianity and patriotism have a lot in common. It's significant that our patriotic hymn, My Country Tis of Thee, Sweet Land of Liberty, was written by Baptist preacher Samuel Francis Smith. The Pledge of Allegiance was written in 1892 by a Baptist minister, Francis Bellamy. The words, In God We Trust, on our coins are traced to Reverend W.R. Watkinson of Ridleyville, or Ridleyville, Pennsylvania. He wrote a letter of concern to the Honorable S.P. Chase on November 13, 1861. Seven days later, Mr. Chase wrote James Pollock, director of the United States Mint, saying, No nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe except in his defense. The trust of our people in God should be declared on our national coins. Will, will you cause a device to be prepared without delay with a motto expressing in the finest and tersest words possible this national recreation, uh, recognition? The under God added to the Pledge of Allegiance in 1994 was while President Eisenhower was in office. The president of Princeton, Reverend John Witherspoon, a Presbyterian pastor, was the only clergyman to sign the Declaration of Independence. History books have nearly forgotten him and his far-reaching influence on democracy. By the way, I want you to know we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic, and uh, it's not a democracy like Nancy Pelosi keeps uh, saying it is. John Witherspoon personally taught several of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and nine of them were graduates of Princeton. When he signed the Declaration of Independence, Witherspoon said, There is a tide in the affairs of men, a spark. We perceive it now before us. To hesitate is to consent to our own slavery. 
that noble instrument upon the table that, that ensures immortality to its author should be subscribed this very morning by every pen in this house. He that will not respond to its accents and strain every nerve to carry into effect its provisions is unworthy of the name of a free man. For my own part of prop property I have some, a reputation more. That reputation is staked that property is pledged and the, on the issue of this contest. And although these gray hairs must soon descend into the sepulcher, I would infinitely rather they descend thither by the hand of the executioner than desert at this crisis the sacred cause of my country. You know, there's one other area we, we must look at if we want to save the United States of America, and that is how we're treating Israel. America is married to two ancient brothers, the sons of Abraham, Ishmael and Isaac. From Ishmael, we want his oil. The second one, Isaac, is because of guilt over how we turned away during the Holocaust while six million Jews were needlessly slaughtered. God said in Genesis 12:3, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and if you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He was talking to Abraham and to Abraham's posterity. God has blessed the United States because we've stood with Israel since May 14, 1948. Our covenant with the Arabs won't change because we want oil. Our covenant with Israel won't change, so we find ourselves caught in the eye of the prophetic storm. In 1991, the first President Bush initiated the Madrid peace process. This was designed to force Israel to exchange land for peace. Israel was to give the Arabs the West Bank, Golan Heights, Gaza, and Jerusalem in exchange for peace with the Arabs. Please note, there are no Jews living in Gaza right now. The news media tried to say the Jews had settled in Gaza and were refusing to leave, and that's why we've just finished 11 days of violence. This is untrue. Gaza is settled by the Palestinians and Hamas and other Gaza-based militant groups. The problem with the Madrid peace package is God has promised the land to Israel in an everlasting covenant, and whoever divides this land will face judgment and be destroyed by God. Zechariah and Joel in the Old Testament are explicit about how God will judge the nations that attempt to divide his land. In October 1991, President Bush and Russian Premier Mikhail Gorbachev sponsored the Madrid Land for Peace Conference. This was the beginning of many catastrophes. While they were conducting the conference, the perfect storm developed on November 1st, 1991 in the Northeast Atlantic, sending crashing 30-foot waves into Bush's Kennebunkport home in Maine. On August 24th, 1991, the Madrid Conference convened in Washington, D.C. That same day, Hurricane Andrew, the largest up until then in the United States history, uh, pummeled Louisiana and Florida. Devastating storms happened the same time Israel's land was being discussed in, in D.C. January 15, 1994, President Clinton 
and Syrian President Assad were in Geneva, Switzerland, calling upon Israel to leave the Golan Heights. Within 24 hours, a major earthquake hit the center of Northridge, California, producing the largest earthquake and second largest disaster in United States history. Many of us watched Israel leaving Gaza. August 24, 2005, the day the final Jews were evicted from Gaza and northern Samaria, Tropical Depression 12 formed near the Bahamas. Within 24 hours, it was Tropical Storm Katrina. With 70, within 72 hours, it was Hurricane Katrina hitting southwest Florida. And then 72 hours later, it hit Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, producing the largest disaster in this country's history that even dwarfed 9-11 and Hurricane Andrew and the Northwich Ridge earthquake in size and intensity. God has blessed the United States, but he hasn't forgotten his promise to Israel. Has America felt the wrath of God for the recent stance that America has taken in the Mideast? Makes me nervous to see what the Biden administration is doing, how they're treating Israel. God has sent us message through the uncanny natural disasters that coincide with the events. And I wonder, is it just a coincidence? I don't think so. President Obama and now President Biden has treated Israel with contempt. President Trump treated Israel with respect and we prospered during his term. Biden has consistently attacked the Bible values of Christians and Jews since taking office. And I want to tell you today, enjoy your Memorial Day celebrations. But remember, it's more than just a national play day. It's a day when we remember those who paid the ultimate cost for the freedom we enjoy. And it's a day when we should thank Almighty God for letting us live in this blessed land. Remember, also, God's still in control. And God's will will be done. Are you prepared? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, don't you think it would be good this Memorial Day season to bow your heads, confess your sins, ask Jesus to come into your life, and begin to live for him? And then no matter what happens, as prophecy is being fulfilled, as things are going on in our nation that are kind of terrifying, but you don't have to worry because you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ and he will stand with you through everything and give you strength for whatever you have to face. And he's promised that those who love him will spend eternity with him in heaven forever and ever. What a wonderful joy to know him as our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray that you help us to remember what Memorial Day is all about. I pray, God, we will be thankful for those who paid the ultimate cost for our freedom. But I pray, God, we also will be thankful for the way you have blessed the United States of America. And, Lord, we're seeing things that are happening that are terrifying. People trying to turn our nation back around into bondage. And, God, I pray that somehow you will continue to bless the United States. You'll wake people up to the crucial times we're living in today. And we will not only, Lord want to turn things around in America, but we will want to turn our lives around and serve Jesus Christ with all our heart. Thank you, Lord. Keep us safe during Memorial Day and help us, God, to glorify you in our activities and actions that we participate in. 
We ask all this in the name of our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. My mailing address is William Woods, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time, and I hope that you do have a good, safe Memorial Day, remembering what it's all about.